Welcome to episode two of season two of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Matt Satilli. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Owen Shadrick. Owen, great to see you, and happy holidays. How you holding up? It's good, Matt. It just snowed here. Nice, nice big snow day here in Mass. I'm sure you had the same in Connecticut. You know, we're excited for this upcoming interview, and it's been great so far with John Creedon. So, you know, let's keep it rolling. Yeah, we have Nick Domkowski. He pitched for the Westfield Starfires this past summer. He also was a member of the Wachusett Dirt Dogs back before his freshman year in 2018. So it was great hearing about his Futures League experiences. And if you guys tuned into the John Creedon interview, you heard that we were trying to figure out who was winning the bubblegum versus sunflower seeds debate. And we have an answer for you. Oh, and tell us about that. Yeah, shout out to Rob Patient from the Worcester Bravehearts for doing a deep dive into our analytics. And uh, we are tied in the gum and seeds debate. Nick will be the tiebreaker today. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, Rob did some deep digging. As you mentioned, he found out that it was 12 to 12. Who would have known it's a tie? So it's the age-old question, Joe Pellucci's favorite, and a highly contested one in quick hits. So tune in to see what Nick says. And overall, it was a great interview. Nick is preparing to perhaps take his talents to the next level after this upcoming spring, which will be his senior season at the University of Hartford. And he had a tremendous season with the Westfield Starfires. So without further ado, we wanted to take you into our interview with Nick Domkowski. At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. He was one of the six finalists for 2020 FCBL Pitcher of the Year. He was also named the 2018 America East Pitcher of the Year at the University of Hartford, where he pitches in college. It is Nick Domkowski, a starting pitcher for the Westfield Starfires. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for you know, having me on here, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, we're uh, grateful to have you. And once again, thank you for taking some time to chat some FCBL baseball with us. Uh, let's start right there. What did it mean to you to get a chance to play baseball this summer? Uh, you know, with the whole COVID situation, it was it was a bummer when we found out that the season was canceled. So, you know, no one was really sure what the summer ball was going to look like. But, you know, having the opportunity to play, you know, 10, 15 minutes away from my house is definitely huge. And just to play baseball again really fired me up. And it was a good opportunity, uh, you know, playing in front of some scouts this year. And, you know, I'll ultimately just get better. Yeah, talk about that for a second. You know, we had those scout days set up this year for the first time. What was it like to get that experience? You know, obviously we didn't have the All-Star game, but those scout days in general really, you know, can help some guys get to the next level. So what did it mean to you to have those scout days? Uh, you know, I definitely think it's huge, you know, uh, for myself and also the guys who might not have been seen uh, with their college season cut short. So I definitely think the league did a good job, you know, trying to get everyone seen as much as possible. And, I mean, we were the only baseball in town, really. So it was a good opportunity. I, I mean, I played in this um, after my senior year. I played right before going to my freshman year. And definitely the scout presence was definitely a lot higher this year. And I think it was just a good opportunity. Uh, you know, guys are fired up for these days and, you know, to just to prove themselves. Yeah, and we mentioned it right, right off the top. You were one of the finalists for FCBL Pitcher of the Year and had a great campaign in Westfield. What was your biggest takeaway from your experience this summer? Um, I definitely think it was just made me take base, not take baseball for granted, you know, at any time it can end. And I think going in, a lot of the guys kind of felt that way. And I always try to leave my game out on the field. So I think it put me into another gear this summer just to kind of, you know, 
experience having the season taken away from you. So, you know, I didn't know if it was going to end the next day or, you know, with just a cold COVID situation. So, you know, I try to go every game and just give it my all. Well, we were lucky enough to watch you pitch in the Futures League this summer. That wasn't your original plan. So you played in the Cape League with the Bourne Braves last summer and had planned on returning to them before you found out the Cape League was canceled. So, you know, you mentioned Westfield's right in your backyard. How did you get in touch with the Starfires? And what was your reaction after you found out the Cape League was canceled? I kind of, right when I found out the Cape League was canceled, I kind of was like starting to, you know, see all my different opportunities to play baseball because at the end of the day, I just want to play. And summer league after summer league was getting canceled. So uh, I was actually playing catch with one of my teammates. And uh, I actually had uh, Hunter was my GM and the Blue Sox. So he gave me a call and, you know, just fit right. And he was like, hey, you want to come down and get some innings? And right when I heard that, I was fired up. I was ready to go. And I talked to my head coach at Hartford and we got it all settled up. And I was ready to go, and I think it was a great opportunity. It wasn't a hard decision just because it was so close and everything, and a lot of the kids I've played with before. So, Yeah, now Bullens Field is one of the Little League hotbeds in the area. Have you ever played there before? Was that your first stint there? Uh, I played high school baseball there, so uh, it was definitely the field to play at with all the night games and, and stuff, so it definitely fired me up to play there again. And just being able to have family and friends come to the games. Uh, it was a great opportunity to have fans there this summer, so which not many fields were allowed to, but uh, it was definitely a good good time out there again. Yeah, and we were looking at your high school stats that junior season. You guys won the state championship, and you put up great numbers your senior year, so perhaps familiarity with that field helped a little bit with your great summer. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely it was definitely an easy fit to kind of transition to go there. and I've pitched on that mound countless times, so it's definitely not a new scene for me, so. It's pretty easy to get locked in. That's awesome. And uh, one quick follow-up about the Cape League. So one of your teammates with Bourne last summer was Cody Morissette, who played on the North Shore Navigators. And you just talk about a lot of the talent that's all across that roster. Do you still stay in touch with any of your teammates? And what did you learn by playing with that level of talent, especially in a summer that was so big for you, leading up to what you thought might have been your first year to get drafted? Uh, it was definitely cool. We still have a group chat. We still talk all the time, and it was cool catching up with Cody before the game and Burnsy. He played there too, so uh, we definitely are a pretty close knit uh, team. Uh, we were we hung out together all the time, so we definitely still keep in touch and just I think learning from all these other guys and, and Ace Adams, one of our pitching coaches there, and just kind of taking information in as much as I can and just talking to these big guys and how they go about their business was definitely a major takeaway. Being in a small school there at first, it didn't feel like I fit in, but. Uh, you know, they kind of helped me with open arms, and it was a great opportunity. Yeah, and you had a great end to the summer. On August 3rd, you had six innings of no-hit baseball against the New Britain Bees. And during the summer, you limited hitters to a 155 batting average. How did you improve on your confidence after your school year was cut short? Uh, definitely right off the bat, you're kind of on the mound again for the first time after a few months. So it's definitely something new. You kind of got to get all settled in again. And uh, just playing with the the kids, I mean – like I said before, there I played with these kids my whole life. So, I mean, it was definitely a big confidence booster. And it was just, you know, having fun at the baseball field again. And uh, John Tuchillo did a great job. He's one of our rivals in our conference. But uh, he definitely did a great job behind the plate. And I think it was just good to get back and play baseball. And like I said, not taking it for granted, just leaving it all on the field. And you were part of a great Westfield staff this summer. You had Chase Jeter, one of your teammates, Jeff Taylor, and two-way pitcher Reggie Crawford. What advice did you share with those guys and did they share with you all throughout the summer? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, we were a pretty close staff. We always ask questions and 
a lot of the guys were just talking about different pitches, kind of sharing the knowledge. Um, you know, some people were asking about my changeup and stuff like that. And, and then also I think it's just a good time to share experiences. Um, I mean, summer ball can be crazy at times and it gets monotonous after a little bit, you know, it's beautiful weather out and you're at the baseball field, but you know, the guys didn't want to be anywhere else. So it was good to sit in the bullpen, kind of share stories about, you know, playing, whether it's big time schools that they might've played in the year before and stuff like that. So it's definitely good just to share experiences and, I think when you create a family atmosphere like we did, I think it's, you know, enjoyable to come to the baseball field every day. Yeah. And there was a lot of local talent, as you mentioned, you're 15 minutes away. You're a West Springfield mass native. Another one of those guys from your hometown is Andre Marrero who plays at Quinnipiac. Did you play with him, which I'm assuming you did growing up in little league and what other players that are local did you have experience with prior to this summer? Uh, Andre actually grew up right across the street from me. So that's kind of funny. Uh, we played, you know, Little League, JLS all the way up uh, until high school. And, you know, I got to play with him, and that was a great opportunity. But, uh, I mean, we, we came from the AP Academy family. So, I mean, a lot of those guys, there was Devin Kellogg, Jimmy Hagan, Andre. Uh, there was countless other guys. I just can't think of them right now. But it was kind of like just playing summer ball again, you know, in high school. So, it was definitely a great opportunity. And I feel like it doesn't take a – you don't have to get the chemistry going. It was right there from the beginning. So, I think that definitely helped us. And, you know, everyone else had friends that came on the team. So, we had a pretty good chemistry right from the beginning. Yeah, and one of those teammates that you probably have pretty good chemistry with was Drew DiMartino, who you played with at school. What was it like getting the chance to play with your college teammate and against some other of your college teammates in the FCBL? Uh, yeah, it was definitely cool. You know, this is definitely an opportunity to see a lot of guys that you haven't seen since the season ended. So playing with Drew, Drew's one of my best friends. So it was definitely a good uh, experience just to play with him. And, you know, I think he helped me, you know, throughout the season, just kind of seeing the tendencies that I might have had. And, you know, we always talk baseball and stuff. So that was definitely good to push each other. And then just going, I know uh, Derek Tenney played for New Britain. That was always a big game. We had a couple other guys, Tim Blaisdell on that team. So uh, it's cool to get up there. You know, usually we just see each other in scrimmages, but in a game setting, it was definitely a little, a little exciting to get out there and, you know, face other teammates. Now, how did you fare this summer against Tenny when he was in the box? Or were there any other guys from U-Heart that you had your eyes on that you really wanted to face and strike him out? Uh, definitely Tenny was on my list. We text each other before the game, you know, just get ready and stuff like that. So that was definitely good. Uh, he he uh, had a sack fly against me that kind of got me. It was a 3-2 count. But uh, he had a good, a couple of good at-bats up there, but it was definitely good to face him, you know, because usually in the wintertime we face each other and it's inside a bat and cage, and, you know, it's not the real-life experience. So uh, that was definitely fun to see. Yeah, that's fantastic. Certainly something that's unique to summer college ball where a lot of these guys you're super tight with. You get a chance to face them in live action, so that's, that's fantastic. Now let's transition into your college career at the University of Hartford. We'll get into all the accolades you've racked up and the success you've had there. But first off, can you just walk us through, why did you decide to play your college ball there? When I was getting recruited there, they had uh, Coach Bud and our former pitching coach, uh, Coach Glenn, and being both left-handed pitchers, you know, I thought this was a really good opportunity to learn from them. And, I mean, Coach Bud has a great track record of producing great pitchers. So I was like, this is a good fit for me. I, it's pretty close, so my family could come down and watch the games. And also, I just had, I felt that I had the opportunity to pitch right away. And for me, I just want to compete every day. So having the opportunity to you know contribute as a freshman was definitely something I wanted to look for. And I think I made the right decision at the end of the day. 
So COVID-19 has cut a numerous amounts of things short, but one thing in particular was the MLB draft. How did the shortened draft affect your draft status and your decision to return to the University of Hartford? Uh, you know, we had the opportunity to sign free agent contracts. Um, you know, I didn't think I was, you know, a top five round guy. Um, you know, I might have followed a, a few rounds later, but, you know, I, I got approached by numerous teams to sign the free agent contract. But at the end of the day, I just kind of looked at, uh, you know, Coach Blood's seen me throw since I was a sophomore, freshman in high school. So he knows me really well. And I continue to see progression through his mentality as being a pitcher and just working hard there. That's something we preach and always expecting more. And, you know, I take that to heart is some days you got to just work a little bit harder just to get better. And uh, I think that going into this year, I, I kind of looked at it and said, you know, I, I have, I trust these guys and I've seen results. So, you know, I just want to go back there and have one more year to develop and, you know, we'll take another shot at it this year. Before we return to our interview with Nick Domkowski, once again, we wanted to give a big shout out and thanks to ChangeUp, one of the FCBL's cornerstone sponsors. ChangeUp is a cutting edge, player-centric pitch and performance management application. By comprehensively and accurately tracking pitch activity and capturing critical in-game performance data, ChangeUp helps baseball coaches protect their pitchers from overuse and helps players reach their full potential safely. During the 2020 season, FCBL teams reap the benefits of the changeup application, including the ability to keep college coaches informed on what and how their players are doing here in the FCBL. Coaches and parents at all levels, Little League, AAU, high school, and the collegiate level take notice. Changeup is a clear choice to ensure your pitchers aren't being thrown too much or too often and are getting proper rest. In addition, Changeup's analytics function helps coaches and players understand each pitcher's current performance thresholds and helps inform training protocols to get your players to the next level. The Futures League is bringing you tomorrow's baseball superstars today. Changeup is helping make sure those superstars travel safely and as far as possible on their personal baseball journeys. Are you ready to join the Changeup revolution? For more information, visit ChangeUp's website, www.changeup.io. That's www.change-up.io. Change up. Every pitch counts. We now return to our interview with Nick Domkowski. So in regards to the MLB draft, you're looking to become the fourth player from your school to get drafted. The other three being Jeff Bagwell, Earl Snyder, and Sean Newcomb. Have you gotten a chance to talk with Sean Newcomb at all? He's another left-handed pitcher, as you mentioned, which your coach blood has developed a lot of those style of pitchers. Have you talked to him? Have you gotten any feedback from your college coach on what kind of path or what advice you're looking for as you continue into your senior year? Uh, I got to talk with Sean a, a few times, just uh, briefly. We had a, a ring ceremony one time and he was happened to be there and we talked a little bit and then just at alumni games, you know, he comes back. He's, he's always great and supports the team a lot. So it's cool to see him there and kind of see the young guys look up to him a little bit and kind of have a little bit of an awe about him. But, um, you know, coach blood's done a tremendous job. You know, he, he tries to keep me and, keep me grounded, you know, I think that's huge for being a pitcher and, and stuff like that because the game of baseball can humble you really quickly. So, you know, we just talk about going one step at a time and worrying about being in the present. And I think that's definitely helped me, you know. It's good to have these big goals at the end of the day, but I think having little goals and continuously climbing has definitely helped me. And that's something he preaches. And, you know, I thank him for that. Have you got a chance to learn any pitching tips or chat a little ball with him? Uh, not with Sean, but I do ask coach blood, uh, questions about Sean, like what it was like and stuff like that. And, you know, some other guys that have been drafted from our school. So, you know, coach blood's got a plethora of knowledge and, you know, I always try to get a little bit out of him here and there when he wants to. And I like the line you just dropped. You said worrying about the present. Did your team get the chance to participate in any baseball activity this fall? 
Uh, yeah, we kind of, our school, you know, took a real safe approach with it. Um, we started off in like groups of four, um, just going to the field, mask on everything. And once we kind of feel like past phase one, we got into phase two and, and that kind of opened us up into a little bit more. Uh, so we got to like eight players at a time, but it was still, you know, very segmented where we couldn't cross certain lines just to kind of keep distance. And then at the end of the fall, we actually got broken up into two teams. We had a little red versus black series. And uh, I think that was good. It was a ton of competition going out there and it was good because we might not have the opportunity to see kids in game like situations. So it was definitely different than our normal falls, but you know, I mean, we took the ball so we could and we ran with it. And I think we developed a lot of freshmen, a lot of good things we saw. And I think it was just good to get back into some competitive baseball with basically your family. So I think that was definitely huge. And I think we grew as a team throughout this whole process. Yeah. And this spring you had a really good campaign before it was cut short. So you went three, you know, in your three starts, went at least six innings deep in all of those outings and the new England baseball journal named you the D one pitcher of the year in 2020 in the new England region. So where did you feel like you were at when your season was cut short? Uh, I tried hitting the ground running this, this season, you know, uh, taking big strides and in the weight room and stuff last year. So I felt really good and I hit the ground running. I felt really good. Our team was phenomenal. I think this is one of the most talented teams we had last year. And, you know, we got a, a lot of returners this year, so I think we'll be in the same position, but, you know, I just felt confident right from the beginning and I, I felt like I was in mid season form. It's hard to be in the, in the Northeast and, and kind of hit the floor running. So uh, I definitely felt really good. And I think that we had a, ch a chance to, you know, contend this year and it stinks that we didn't get the opportunity, but I think going forward, I think this year we got a lot of guys to, who was going to step up like they did last year. And I think we'll be off to a good start. So in 2018, as a freshman, you became the first player in America East history to be named both the rookie of the year and the pitcher of the year. You were also named to the baseball America freshman, all America second team honors. So how did it feel when you talk about hitting the ground running like you did this spring to start off your collegiate career so strongly and make an impact as a freshman? Uh, it was definitely huge. You know, um, you know, the guys that we had on that team were really helped me out. And, you know, I learned a lot that year. It was a lot of taking in information that I might not have learned in, you know, high school and summer ball then. But we had a tremendous team. So it was a lot of family, like, oriented. We were really close as a team. And I think we always tried to play for the person next to us. So I just wanted to go out there as a freshman. It was a little nerve-wracking to go out there. But uh, I think we just wanted to go out there and compete. And I remember we went to Oregon State and I remember looking at all the articles. We had no business being there, but, you know, we put up a really good fight. And I, when we were leaving, their coach, you know, told our coach, like, that team's a good team. And, like, they should, they fought and they showed us some heart. So I think that right then and there, we kind of had a different perspective on our season. And that kind of gave us some confidence. And that was my first collegiate start was against the national champion. So uh, it was definitely a good experience. And, you know, I just went game by game. I didn't try to overthink or do too much. I think, uh, you know, I had a good catcher, Drew Holcrieff, kind of, you know, coach me through slowing my pace down. And he's really, I owe him a lot of my credit. And Coach Glenn, I owe him a lot too. And I think it was just good to kind of get that experience. But, you know, I took what I got and I ran with it. So you just said you had to face the national champions. How nerve wracking was that getting onto the mound before first pitch, just like knowing that you had to face them first? Uh, we played, we played South Alabama the weekend before and uh, I came in relief there and then we were on the, we were like in the practice on like Tuesday or Wednesday of that week. And coach Glenn came up to me and said, you're going to start. Cause it was a four game series. And uh, I kind of, my heart dropped. I was like, Oh boy. But uh, you know, I, I talked to a lot of the other guys, like 
hey, what do I do here? Like, what's kind of starting a college game like? And it's funny, uh, Coach Glenn, before the game, he said the, there's going to be a bus because I was pitching the second game on Saturday. And uh, so I got to go to the game by myself on my own bus. So that was definitely a, a little bit easier to kind of calm the nerves a little bit. Kind of I got to slowly take take my time in the morning. But going there, I mean, there was 5,500 fans there all staring at you. And their field plays, like the fans are right on top of you. So it was definitely a great learning experience. I mean, I played against uh, Adley Rushman and a couple other first top five round guys. So it was a great experience. And, you know, it's something I'll live with for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's an incredible experience. And another great experience you had that year was making the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history. Tell us about that experience. Uh, I mean, when, when we started out the season, no one really believed. I think we were picked to finish last. So we had a little chip on our shoulder. But I think winning the championship, kind of just sitting there and kind of observing how everyone else acted. You know, a lot of the older guys were just – I mean, our team was nothing kind of before Coach Blood came. And I know he turned the – the team around and you know just seeing how happy the coaches were to finally make it to a championship and that's something we talked about a lot is just making playoffs and then take it one game at a time and I think we had guys like Drew Martino step up I mean he was unbelievable that year in the playoffs and stuff like that so uh, I think it was just an unreal experience for our coaches and then going into our regional I kind of I think that validated our hard work that we put in I mean it was great for the program we had all alumni come out and, and support us and we were I think a few uh, alumni flew down to Florida to watch us. So it was definitely a cool experience. And, you know, all the family members came. So we had a ton of uh, support in the crowd. So it was definitely a surreal experience. You talk about the amount of talent returning and the capability that your team has this year and about how some of the older guys coached you through it when you were a freshman. How do you take that and reflect on it to now pay it forward to some of the younger guys and say, look, you know, we have the capability to make a deep run and make this year something special. Um, I definitely think, you know, looking back, I kind of, I learned a lot of things from the older guys and I think kind of just coaching the freshmen to, to, you know, go slowly. A lot of them try to, you know, make an impact right away. And sometimes that's not possible. Um, you, you weren't given that opportunity yet, or you got to, you know, build upon your skills right now. So I think uh, just kind of coach them and tell them to take their time. Cause a lot of them are trying to do too much right away. So it's a baseball can be a slow game sometimes and, and we have a long off season. So you got to go day by day and, and not try to rush it and burn yourself out. So I think that's definitely something that as a freshman can definitely help you going forward. And I'm curious about your in season preparation. So you were a Friday night starter this year, obviously weekend series, they begin on Friday night. So you're kind of the first Guinea pig to look at the other team's lineup and feel out the hitters. So how do you prep? for that first series without having seen the hitters live and what advice or info are you giving your other pitchers that are starting on Saturday and Sunday? Uh, you know, we, we have a little team meeting uh, usually Thursday night when we get to the hotel kind of goes and runs through all the position guys that are on the other team. And, you know, with all the technology now, like synergy, we can get a really, you know, good scope on what to expect from this other team. But I kind of just go out there and try to compete and, you know, I said, I try to simplify. I don't try to look into that stuff too much. You know, I definitely take it into consideration, but at the end of the day, you just got to compete and make adjustments on the fly. But for talking to the guys, I talk with Nate a lot. Uh, we usually room together on the road. So I kind of run him down see if kids are like sitting on any certain pitches or, or stuff that I might've saw that might've contradicted the scouting report. But for the most part, coach blood does a really good job of just going through the hitters. And, and he also says at the end of the day, just compete. And, and I think that's huge going out there and, something to learn. Ken Turner was a freshman this year and he competed right away and his numbers 
were phenomenal and he's going to be a, a good guy for us this year. So I think at the end of the day, you know, it's good to look in and see what you can learn from, you know, the scouting reports and stuff like that. But you have to be able to make adjustments, you know, on the fly and, and take in knowledge as you go. Nick, we've grilled you with the specific questions. We're going to go back, go a little bit more general. What pitches do you, do you throw? What's, what's in the arsenal? And are you working on any pitches now that you want to add to it? I got a four-seam fastball, two-seam fastball. Uh, my favorite pitch is my changeup. It's probably one of my best ones. I uh, feel really comfortable with that. I actually learned it in the Futures League uh, a little while back with the Retrievers at Dirt Dogs. But uh, I, I grew a slider um, last year in the Cape, so that definitely helped me just kind of keep batters honest. And I'm always trying to progress my curveball to kind of get it to be one of my, you know, mainstay pitches. And right now it's a pitch I can just throw in for a strike. But, you know, I want it to be a put-out pitch and, one thing I preach is being able to throw any pitch at any time. So it's something I'm always working on and trying to develop my pitches to get better. And, you know, we have rap soto now with all these data analytics numbers and stuff like that. So that's definitely helped me progress. But right now I think this is what I'm going to go into the season with and try to get them better each day. Yeah. That changeup is disgusting. It's, <laughs> it's dirty. We watched that many times this season and shout out to Josh Cummins, good friend of the podcast and of the New England Baseball Journal for writing an article on you and talking about all those pitches in his article. So shout out to Josh. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> Great guy. He'll love to hear that little shout out. Now, you pitched for the Wachusett Dirt Dogs. I got to ask, Doyle Field came back into Futures League play this year, but what was it like pitching at Doyle knowing what you had to work with with the field dimensions? Uh, I remember the first day I showed up there um, after after graduating senior year, I was like, this is a baseball field. It looked like a wiffle ball field. But, uh, you know, I definitely got – I definitely let up a Doyle home run. Uh, I mean, routine fly ball in any other field. But it's definitely a great field. I mean, great atmosphere. We had a lot of guys, especially when we played Worcester, their fans would travel too. So it's pretty close. But, you know, the guys are definitely great there. I mean, we're pretty – we still have a Dirt Dogs group chat that kind of gets hit up every once in a while. So it was a good experience. Um, you know, I kind of owe a lot of that to having my success in my freshman year. Uh, gave me an experience, you know, playing college hitters and kind of that day-to-day grind of baseball. And I mean, it, I learned so much from those guys. And a lot of them, the guys were juniors or seniors. So um, I think just kind of talking to them kind of prepared me for that freshman year. Yeah, Doyle Field is it's something. It's quite <laughs> something, <laughs> for lack of a better word. And Nick, before we move on to quick hits, just how about a message to fans as we head in further into the winter and get a little bit closer to baseball action? Uh, I mean, it's right around the corner. I know a lot of, I know my family is, you know, itching to get back on the field and watching some baseball. And, you know, the MLB was definitely good to have this year. And I think kind of having these local leagues was definitely huge for the community. Um, I kind of go around now in my town and I see like Starfires hats and sweatshirts. So, you know, stick in there. We're all, we're all, uh, can't wait to get back on the field. So I think it's coming, but we got to wait and we got to make sure everyone stays safe while we're doing so. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know we got a little winter storm brewing on Thursday, a couple days before this episode releases. So if we can just get through the winter and hopefully this vaccine kicks in, baseball will be right around the corner. So I'm uh, just as excited for it. But once again, wishing you luck in uh, the spring season and all your preparations. But Before we let you go, we have one final segment for you. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. So we have a couple more questions for you for our audience to get to know you a little better. Is that cool? Yeah, let's get it. All right, sweet. Favorite teammate from the Futures League, whether it was with Wachusett or the Starfires this summer? 
I think going back to Wachusa, it was uh, Christian Fedko. We were both freshmen. Uh, that was definitely cool to have someone to go through that with. And we played we played in the Cape Cod League last year, so it was definitely cool to, you know, we still keep up here and there. And without counting my Hartford guys, uh, Tuchillo was a, a good guy to talk to. We got pretty close. And being a rival, we don't really talk too much. Or, but it was kind of cool to get close to him. And he's a funny kid. And, you know, he was a great catcher this year. And I'm definitely excited to play him. That'll be great. You'll certainly know how to prep your teammates. And in terms of your scouting report, if he steps up in the dish against you, that'll be funny to see how it plays out. How about a favorite Futures League ballpark that you've played in? I mean, you can't beat Worcester. I mean, just with all the fans and and stuff like that. Uh, Bones Bones is probably a second just because, you know, it's it's home territory. So that was cool. And just kind of having the fans that I know and familiar faces, you know, with the the general manager and stuff like that. So I would probably say Worcester, but – Bones has a special place in my heart. Now, how about pitching entrance music, whether it's at U-Heart, at Westfield this summer, something you got brewing up for 2021? What do you like to walk out to? Uh, I like to have a good, you know, vibe in the field. So something loose because that's kind of how I play. And uh, it was Michael Jackson, PYT, just kind of funny little groovy song. But uh, I think this year might be some 50 Cent. I got a couple of songs brewing in there. But uh I've used it. I used it for the last two games. It's it's if I can't. So I think that's kind of going to be my staple this year. Love it. Good answer. How about a favorite big league team and player? Could be current or historical. Uh, I'm a Red Sox guy. Uh, you know, obviously being in Massachusetts, going to those games as a kid is definitely awesome. Favorite player? I used to like uh, Jose Batista. Not a pitcher, but just his. You know, that home run that he hit in the playoffs is definitely awesome, and just kind of the power. And for a pitcher, I like David Price, just kind of – he was one of the best for a long time and stuff like that, and he goes about his business pretty well. Yeah, he sure does. We'll be interested to see how he comes back after opting out in the 2020 season, but he still got a ring, so I guess it worked out. <laughs> exactly. How about a favorite stadium or venue that you visited as a fan? Or maybe you could even give us one that you've pitched into outside of the Futures League that's been your favorite. I mean, Fenway's – definitely special just all the history that's got there and Boston's a great town and stuff like that so it's a good time to go out there um favorite place I've pitched at um Santa Barbara was definitely one of the one of the most beautiful fields I mean the backdrop of that is a couple of mountains and I mean warm weather and stuff like that and it's right on the coast so you can't really complain that was definitely one of the nicest you know stadiums that I've played in yeah certainly as a New England guy I'm sure it's got to be great to play a circuit out west or down south to kick off your season and enjoy some warm weather for sure. It's definitely, you know, it's definitely good to start off the season somewhere warm rather than up here and we get enough cold weather as it is. So just to break it up a little bit is good. Sure do. Now on the flip side, a sports stadium or an event in general that's on your bucket list that you want to go to. I mean, I think a Super Bowl would be pretty cool. Uh, you know, we're, our team's a big football team. And uh, so I think that'd be definitely something cool. Hopefully the Patriots can get back into it sometime soon, but uh, I think that's definitely uh, a surreal experience just to see how many people are there. And I mean, it's probably one of the biggest sporting events in the world. Yeah. Still holding out for that Pat for another Pat Super Bowl this year. It's uh, <laughs> fingers are crossed very tightly. <laughs> yeah. And then how about a baseball nickname you've been given over the years? Uh, I've, I have a tough last name. So a lot of the, the nicknames I come are from people botching my last name. So uh, there's a long list of those. Uh, but Nikki D is usually – it's been with me since, you know, Little League, so that's kind of stuck with me. But there's been a lot of uh, different pronunciations of my last name that have kind of – the older guys at Hartford kind of, you know, make fun of me for. 
Yeah, me and you, me and Matt all have our names botched you know, <laughs> twice, three times a day. So it's not, yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> but I'm used to it now. What's the worst one you've gotten in terms of pronunciation? Uh, at the award ceremony in 2018, they called me Dumblowski. So uh, <laughs> a lot of the old, a lot of the seniors that year didn't let that go. So for the rest of the year, I was Dumblowski. That's awesome. And then, are you superstitious at all? Yeah, I'm probably one of the most super superstitious people, you know. So I have a whole routine that I go through before a game and just little things. I won't step on the line. I kind of hop the line. And then before every inning, I kind of squat down and towards center field and kind of reset. And a lot of other things my teammates might make fun of me for. But, I mean, if it works, I'm not going to change it, I guess. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. <laughs> and then how about favorite ballpark food when you're either going to the park or, you know, eating before a game, just something you like to eat when you're on a ba- when you're at a baseball game? Uh, pre-game meal, funny story. We uh, Our team's a big Chipotle team. Whenever we eat Chipotle before a game, we win. So uh, that started in 2018, so we haven't changed it since. Whenever it's a big game, you know, our coach tries to get us some Chipotle. But um, Fenway, Frank, I mean, I, you can't go wrong with that. and That's kind of a staple in Fenway. And then the age-old question, bubblegum or sunflower seeds? Huge sunflower seed guy. I'll do the Bigs, uh, the Bigs Ranch. That's the best. And if you can find a better one, let me know. Solid answer, solid answer. I don't know if we've had the Bigs Ranch. I know everybody goes for the David's Ranch, but. The Bigs Ranch a game changer. I know Owen is as big of a Bigs dill pickle fan as it gets. So if you're looking for a suggestion, he's one of the biggest supporters of it. <laughs> I, I haven't got on the dill pickle uh, bandwagon yet, but maybe in the future. Yeah, hey. Never, never, never sleep on the Del Pickle seeds. Right? <laughs> and the last question for you: How about a favorite all-time baseball memory? Uh, I think it's a tie. I'd probably say 2018. Um, I just think because the win was bigger than me. I think you know, looking back, uh, all the sacrifices the coaches made, and all of the players that have been there for a long time, and they kind of you know helped rebuild this program into what it is today. And I think just kind of looking back on that and seeing how much it means to the other guys and just to be able to contribute in any way was definitely huge. So I definitely think 2018 was something I'll remember forever. Well, that's tremendous. And we're so excited to see what happens with your spring season at Hartford and going forward. So Nick, thank you so much for joining us today and best of luck with everything. Thank you guys. Appreciate you taking the time and having me on here. Yeah, we couldn't make it happen during the summer, but we're so glad that we reached back out and made this happen for the off season. So Glad to, glad to have you. So this has been episode two of season two of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday. We're streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. So make sure to subscribe. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.